What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Self Helpless Podcast. I'm Delaney Fisher. And I'm Kelsey Cook. And today we have an amazing guest. We have licensed mental health counselor and anxiety treatment expert, Justine Carino. Oh, boy. We she just talk- killed the podcast. She did such a good job. It. Amazing. She actually walks us through step-by-step how to break a toxic relationship pattern. Yeah. I mean... Oh, so such a good one, you guys. I mean, we talk about and we talk about how anxiety plays a big role in in the patterns that, you know, you may or may not be in or have been in in the past. But before we get into it, Kelsey, you have any uh, hot announcements? Yes. So this is coming out Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Um, I'm going to be headlining the Sacramento Punchline this weekend. So Friday through Sunday. And then 2022 kicks off very soon. That part of my tour, I will be in San Diego. And we've got some San Diego helpsters um, at the American Comedy Company, January 7th and 8th. I'm going to be at Fort Wayne, Indiana for um, Valentine's weekend. There's a new comedy club there and just so many more coming up. So go to KelseyCook.com and get those tickets. Delaney, yes. how about you? Um, Eficionado, the podcast, feel free to check it out if you're an entrepreneur or service provider and you are looking for alternative and unconventional methods to scaling your business. You can find all that information at DelaneyFisher.com. And I am launching something very soon that I'm really excited about. It will be officially live uh, in 2022, maybe a little bit before. So if you want to hear about it, you can just sign up uh, at my website. Yay. And also be sure to go to ttomcomedy.com and get 
Taylor's theater tickets. We hope you guys loved the episode that came out last week on long distance relationships. Tay and I had a really, really great time uh, recording that one, talking about it. You were missed Delaney. Oh, Um, I missed you guys. I got to listen to that. Yeah, it was very fun. Um, But yeah, go get Taylor's tickets. She's got so many, so many dates coming up. Um, So without further ado, should we get into our interview with Justine? Let's do it. Here's Justine Carino. Justine, thank you so much for being here today. Can't freaking wait for this episode topic. (laughs) Thank you guys for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Yes. um, We'd love to kick off the episode with your favorite or least favorite quote, if you have one. Sure. My favorite quote is like pretty standard. It's this too shall pass, which Uh, mm -hmm. is just, it's so real. It always passes. It will, you'll always get through whatever you're trying to get through. So I, that's my favorite. I love it. That's a good one for anxiety. That makes sense as an anxiety expert that that's your favorite one. (laughs) A hundred percent. Yeah. That's one that I probably, now that you say it, I think of that quote maybe more than any other one. And I don't think I've ever even said it as a quotable on the podcast, but I, I love that one. It's, it it's such a quick feel like fix. You, you calm immediately, right? Yeah. You're like, okay, I will get through this. This will pass. And like mm-hmm. all of a sudden your nervous system just eases on down. So right. I, I love it. It's the quotable yeah. quotes. It's like if a quote had a quotable on this show. it's about time we have a a quote as a guest honestly it's been four and a half years what have we been doing there you go (laughs) so justine we'd love to hear about your background a little bit what led you into this work and specifically like anxiety and and your expertise there Sure. So I'm a licensed mental health counselor with a private practice in New York. Um, I started my private practice about three years ago, but I have 10 years experience in working with individuals struggling with anxiety, specifically also depression and grief. Um, And I do a lot of family systems work and I look at how anxiety um, has shown up maybe as a reaction to how a family or relationship is working. Um, but I absolutely love what I do and I am so excited to share a little bit about what I do with you guys today. Awesome. Hell yes. Okay. Um, can I think a good place to start is maybe just defining what is a toxic relationship? What does that even mean? So I feel like the word toxic is a term that's really popular right now. Um, And sometimes it's thrown around loosely, so we can define it a little bit. Um, I think a toxic relationship is any relationship in which you feel badly about yourself repeatedly over and over again after engaging with particular people or a certain person. So due to dysfunctional or unhealthy ways of relating with each other or maintaining the relationship, you feel really badly about it. So I feel like that can help someone understand if their relationship is toxic. And I say the word like repeatedly because there are times we feel badly in our relationships and that's normal. Um, Relationships are dynamic. We're not going to feel good all the time with everybody. But you really want to assess if it's a pattern and if you feel badly more than you feel good about yourself in the relationship, then that's probably like a little bit of a red flag. Oh God, that's so good. I feel like- So well put, yeah. So how do you know if it's a healthy amount of bad or an unhealthy amount of bad, if that makes sense? 
Yeah. Um, sometimes it's hard for us to tease apart. Right. And sometimes it has to be like pointed out to us by somebody else. Um, but you really want to get in touch with your emotions, right. And your emotional reactions to people and how you typically react. But I feel like something to keep in mind is some relationships might be toxic for you because of the way you participate in them. It's not always this other person interacting with you a certain way. Sometimes it's how you interact with people. Um, maybe you show up in a relationship a certain way that's unhealthy for you and it has nothing to do with how the other person's treating for you, maybe treating you. Maybe there's a lot of envy or jealousy that you carry in this relationship that you can't move past. So a lot of it's your own personal work um, that you have to come become really self-aware of. Um, and also sometimes and we can get into this later, like people can cut people out too soon because they can't tolerate the discomfort. Right. So I always say like, give it time because sometimes patterns can be changed in relationships through conversations and you can have effective conversations about the way a relationship's going. But if you give it two, three good conversations asking for change and it doesn't change, then that might be the sign. Okay. Like this is unhealthy. It's not going to go anywhere. We tried time to wave the flag. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Totally. Also, like you mentioned, I think a good way to measure it is if you are feeling badly about yourself in the relationship more often than not, that is such a clear (laughs) indicator. And I can think of any toxic relationship I've been in in the past. That's when I've known it's like, okay, even if there was a really um, great time in the relationship, now it's gotten into a place where I am feeling worse about myself more often than I'm feeling good in this relationship. And I think we, we've all been there. We all know that feeling of like, okay, this is, it's starting to outweigh the bad, starting to outweigh the good. Mm -hmm. Uh, I agree with that. And often relationships start in a really good place. And like you said, like, this feels good. This is awesome. And then you, something changes and you can't put your finger on it. And then you start to assess, wow, I feel worse about myself more than I feel good about myself. Totally, totally agree with that. And I think people can be prone to black and white thinking where they could be getting treated poorly and go, but they still, I still love this about them or they're still great in this way. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, human, very rarely is somebody wholly bad or wholly good. Like you can be in a toxic relationship and still love that person, still find things that are great about them, but that doesn't mean it's a good relationship anymore. A hundred percent. I totally agree with that. And I love that you brought up like that all or nothing thinking that black or white thinking, like that is something we all do at times. Mm -hmm. Um, like this person's great. And then they make one mistake and we're like, Oh, they're horrible. Um, and sometimes we need to give people a little bit more of a chance, right. Or like the opposite, maybe they're usually not a great person and they're good one time. And then you hold on to that one time a little bit too long. Right. Yeah. I think that's a pretty common thing with people. Yeah. Um, So what would be the first step someone needs to take if they maybe they're realizing, I think this might be a toxic situation. What is step number one? What do you do about it? So you need to take a good look at your boundary patterns and see if they are too loose or too rigid. So are you really enmeshed with people? Are you codependent or are you avoidant of relationships? Do you tend to cut people off or cut people out way too easily? Um, Because we often think of a toxic relationship more on the side of you're too intertwined, you're too codependent, 
Um, and I think cutoff is praised in culture. Um, but cutoff sometimes can be really unhealthy. Um, cutoff is usually reflective of some kind of anxiety. You're not able to tolerate an emotional conversation to make things better. So you react by cutting the person out. Um, so sometimes cutoff is too premature. Um, and that could be really unhealthy. And that's reflective of really rigid boundaries, um, like that black and white thinking you're in or you're out. I like you or I, or I don't like you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to look at that. Are you someone that has really loose boundaries or are you really rigid with your boundaries? Mm, I yeah. love that because I feel like, like you said, the word toxic is so like popular and thrown around now that I think a lot of people have that understanding of if I'm in a toxic relationship, it's all the other fucking person. <laughs> it's all their fault. Mm-hmm. Where I love your step number one is look at your shit. Look at your, how, why are you allowing it and what's keeping you there? I think that's, that is yeah. such a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So many really things come back to boundaries. <laughs> yes. Oh, um, yeah. okay. So let's say that you become aware of your boundaries or lack thereof. What happens after that? Yeah. So you really need to audit your current habits. Um, you know, again, getting in touch with yourself, reflect on things you might be doing that fosters toxic relationships and leads to toxic relationship patterns in your life. Like you can ask yourself, do you tend to sacrifice your own needs for other people? Are you a people pleaser? Are you codependent and enable bad behavior in some way? So like some examples could be you tend to make excuses of your partner's poor behavior um, for your family or for your friends. Um, Do you walk on eggshells with your partner? And I'm saying partner, we can substitute the word partner with friend, parent, family member, whatever. Um, But do you walk on eggshells with this person because you're afraid to set them off? Um, Do you find yourself trying to control your partner or your friend or whoever this toxic person may be? Um, Do you lie to other people to protect this toxic relationship? Are you constantly worrying about what this other person might think? Um, have you become a caretaker of this person's emotional or physical needs? Are you loosening your boundaries to keep peace with this person? Do you apologize for this person? So there's a lot of ways we behave. Like that list. Oh my God. <laughs> I could Clearly go on you forever do. with these. Clearly, you do this for a living. You're like not even reading off of a teleprompter. That's just like <laughs> your brain knows all that. That's incredible. This is be a poster and yeah, no of, kidding across the the nations. <laughs> That is too funny. I'm just so used to having these conversations. I can like rattle it off just (laughs) thinking of what I talk about in the therapy room. Oh my God. (laughs) It's so impressive. It's like a superpower. Yeah, it really is. So let's say say that you have figured, you you realize you have some of those habits. What's next? Like how do you actually change a habit like that, that you've been doing for so long? Okay. I really love this question because I'm like going to nerd out with family dynamics. So you have to really get to know what was modeled to you from your parents and your grandparents about how relationships work and then see what's been passed down to you inadvertently that you can start to change or let go of. So like, why are you tolerating dysfunction in the first place? So take a really good look at your family. They can give you answers of why you tolerate dysfunctional relationships. You know. What were your parents like 
in their relationship with each other or with their siblings or with their extended family. So for example, have your parents not talked to their brother for 30 years? Like, why does that exist? Like, why is there such a long cutoff? Are your mom and her sister always gossiping in the corner and they have to sit by each other at every single Thanksgiving or family meal and whisper? Um, Are your mom and her mom weirdly best friends instead of like this mother-daughter relationship? Um, Some other patterns to be like, is everyone divorced? Were there any affairs? Um, Do people have conflict and sweep things under the rug? Did Uncle Danny do something really fucked up, but we all ignore it and pretend it never happened? Like there's so much meat. Observing your family. (laughs) Again, we need a second poster of all (laughs) these things. Jesus Christ. I feel like everybody listening related to at least like three of those. And they were like, oh, well, that's what's wrong. That's why I do the things I do. Yeah. Justina's going to have a lot of merch after this episode. Oh, my God. (laughs) So many posters and magnets. Justina's going to open her own Barnes and Noble because. It's oh just too God. much. It's amazing. That's hysterical. Yes. But it's so true. Like we forget to observe like, well, we're really like our family sets the tone for how we relate to other people. So we kind of got to look at like what was shown to us over the years. Yeah. yeah. So what happens if people, so I feel like if you, you know, if people who grow up in dysfunction you don't really know it's dysfunction because it's been so normalized. So how do you even find out that something is dysfunctional if you're not being exposed to healthy stuff? Mm, good question. Yeah, that's a good question. And we answer that too, but I'm also thinking of something else. Like not only is it our family, it's also cultural patterns play a role. Um, like for example, in the Spanish language, there's no word for emotional boundary. So when you try to talk about that, like that doesn't exist. It doesn't make sense to that culture. And so there's a lot of like first generation um, young adults that are trying to talk to their family members about emotional boundaries. And they're like, what? That doesn't exist. That makes no sense. What are you talking about? And that, so there's like culture that plays a role in this too. But yeah, so you have to really understand the family. Once you have the awareness, you really have to become mindful of how you feel with certain people that goes back to, are you feeling more, what's the word more badly? Are you feeling worse about worse. yourself when you're <laughs> yeah. with them? Yeah. <laughs> then you are feeling good. Um, and that can explain why you react to them with some of those habits I listed before. So what you'd want to do is like, where do you feel this feeling in your body? How do you feel when you see um, your brother text you or get like, call, you have a missed call? Like, are you like, oh shit, like what happened, right? Like, does this person only call you with bad news? Um, Like, what are these patterns of how you feel around certain people? When you're around your partner and you walk into their apartment or their home, are you immediately tense and on the defensive? Um, So you have to really become mindful of how your body feels when you're with this person and what your thoughts are about when you're with this person. I mean, you could also use a little bit of your intuition to help you recognize like bad vibes, bad juju, someone's crossing lines with you. And how does that feel inside? That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. 
Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Um, and also, your values can help with this. Like, you want to check in with what you value. So how are your values being reflected in this relationship or not being reflected? Are you sacrificing your values to make the relationship work? And then that's a red flag too. Yeah. So even if you're like, okay, I don't have an exact example of what a perfect healthy relationship looks like. It's really about listening to that inner, that inner knowing that you have that gut, those gut feelings. That makes a lot of sense. That is a really good tip. Yeah. Yeah, You have to pay attention to yourself. Yes. So, okay, let's say that you've realized you are not, you're uncomfortable or unhappy around somebody repeatedly. It's not like a one-time thing. It's definitely a pattern. What do you do now? Like, how do you actually put it into action to fix it yeah. and change it? Right. So you want to go back to that recognition. Is this discomfort repetitive or is it just like a one-time thing? Like, do I just need to be better at conflict and you know, tolerating my uncomfortable emotions, or is this a repetitive, consistent thing going on here that lines are being crossed? Um, And then you really want to practice using assertiveness skills to enforce new boundaries. So that might look like saying more, saying no more often um, if you're someone with a lot of loose boundaries or if you're a people pleaser. Maybe if you're too rigid, you need to practice forgiveness or recognizing your emotions and learning how to talk through conflict and talk about your emotions. So it really comes back to like, there's three types of communication. There's passive, there's aggressive, and there's assertive. We want to be assertive. We don't want to be passive. We don't want to be aggressive. Um, And you want to be able to assert your needs in the relationship and talk about what you want to change. And if it can be changed, then you move on. Then you move away. If it can be changed, great. And you just practice reinforcing those boundaries. Yeah. I'm like... How does anxiety, does anxiety play a role in all of this? Like when you're in a toxic relationship pattern, pattern? A hundred percent. I think anxiety is one of the biggest emotions that can come up for someone that's in a toxic relationship. You feel anxious about being around the person. You feel anxious about trying to control the relationship, thinking of setting boundaries, makes you so uncomfortable. Like your heart is pounding, you're sweating, like you're saying it in the shower, like over and over again, what you're going to say to the person. Like, so anxiety plays a really big role when a relationship is toxic. But I also think if we think about an aggressive person versus a passive person, there's anxiety behind both of those communication styles. So an aggressive person may react with anger, insults, put downs, and immediately cut a person out very quickly. 
but not feel good about that cut out deep down. You know, there's like this tough outer shell, which is a defense mechanism. And sometimes a more aggressive person who tends to cut out people easily might ignore any sad feeling or grief that will show up with needing to leave someone behind or cut them out in their life. So they might cut off their emotions about moving on from this relationship, but emotions always find a way to come up and anxiety will definitely come up. And sometimes people start having panic attacks um, because they're not processing their emotions the way they need to. Um, On the flip side, if you're more of a passive person, it's really hard for a passive person to leave a toxic relationship. Um, It will take a long time because passive people tend to be attracted to like that alpha person. Um, So here's a passive person trying to set boundaries with an alpha, with a narcissist, with a sociopath, with whomever it may be, that's just more of an alpha personality. It's going to be a lot harder to diffuse that relationship. Does that make sense? Totally. Yes. Totally. Yes. How? So let's say that you've been passive your whole life. What I mean, what is that first step you can do to like be more assertive? Do you have any like hot tips, <laughs> quick and dirty tips for the passive person in your life? Because um, that's so ingrained in you after decades. And um, yeah. what's like one little thing that somebody might be able to do today if they if they are resonating with that type? Yep. So th- there's like a script that I love. You guys have probably heard it is like the I feel statement. So to practice assertiveness, you want to say, I feel blank and then name the emotion that you're feeling angry, frustrated, mad. I feel mad that you um, call me 20 times a day when I'm working, right? So you say what you're mad about and factually, right? The person is calling you 20 times a day. And then you say, I need blank, right? Like I need you to respect that I'm at work during these hours and I won't be able to talk to you. So it's the, I feel then the emotion, the factual statement of what's bothering you and then what you need to be changed and practice that over and over again, role play, like say it out loud while you're driving in the car, like say it to yourself when you're putting on your makeup. And a good way to practice this is with people in your life that you don't see all the time. Um, and it can come spur of the moment, say you're at a restaurant and the server brings you the wrong, uh, dinner. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Oh my goodness, how am I going to tell the server they brought the wrong dinner? Should I just eat it anyway? But I really don't like this. And you're like panicking about it. Practice assertive then and say like, excuse me, I actually ordered the cheeseburger. You sent the hamburger. Um, I would love if I could have the cheeseburger. Right. So like you practice with Mm -hmm. people, um, that might be less threatening to you. So then you have this ammo and you're like, you're feeling more confident. And so when you do say it to your partner, your mom, your sister, that friend you've known for so long, that is like so hard to have conflict with, you feel a little bit more um, confident going into it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I liked hearing um, how you would adjust that too for like a restaurant situation. Cause I was laughing, picturing <laughs> that you were about to be like, to this waiter, I feel <laughs> deeply hurt <laughs> that you brought me the beef stroganoff. <laughs> I need, I, I need the spaghetti. Like, but it's it's good to hear that there are ways that you can still communicate. <laughs> that you can communicate those how you're feeling and the needs without it being that sort of format necessarily. Totally. If it's not the time for that. 
It would also be so rude to say the server, like, I need the spaghetti. I (laughs) need (laughs) the spaghetti. That's a new shirt. I need the spaghetti. I need the spaghetti. I I feel unheard and unseen. Give me the spaghetti. Um, I love it. It's like an emotional intelligence madlet. The I feel and I need. That's an easy thing to remember. Because I think we can overcomplicate those types of conversations when we are anxious. We feel like it's going to be like this. It has to be this long, drawn out conversation. You're going to have to come up with a million different points and you got to like prepare. (laughs) And it's like, oh, two sentences. I think I can do that. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. In my sessions with clients, like they'll do that. They're like, I'm like, all right, let's practice what you're going to say to Rhonda next week. And it'll be like, okay, I type this out and it's this paragraph. I'm like, no, like we don't need this paragraph. You don't need a million reasons why you can't do something. Let's just be direct. You feel and what you need. And it takes a lot to like feel comfortable with that concise script because we often feel like we have to explain our nose or and explain our needs. Yes. Oh my God. I'm so guilty of that. I'm like way an over explainer in a conflict situation because I really want to protect feelings and make sure that every branch of why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling is explained. But that usually, it just convolutes the conversation. Because think about if somebody was approaching you with how they were feeling about something, it would be so much easier for you to process and understand or respond if they said it in two sentences, as opposed to coming at you with a novel, right? Like (laughs) it's better for everybody when it's simplified, you know? Yes. Why? Totally. It's like get to the point. Right. Yeah. Why, why do you think um, we have, you know, so many people, myself included, have a hard time with uh, that our feelings are valid. Like the, the feeling that you have is enough of an answer. Why do we feel like we need all these evidence, this evidence mm-hmm. and all these different points. So I'm be like, so psychotherapy therapisty right now. Amazing. And I would like, take it back to like, did you need to be that way with your parents to feel seen and understood? Like, did you have to constantly explain yourself to get mm-hmm. them to understand your decisions? Um, like, was there a certain way that we had to behave like we have these survival skills that we developed from our childhood to like keep the homeostasis at home. And if you're someone that feels like you have to constantly explain yourself to other people, I bet you did that growing up to your parents um, or your siblings to feel comfortable seeing heard in some way. And then we carry that skill into our other relationships because 
our family is the template of how we relate to other people. So we're like, okay, that worked in my family. Let me see if this works out in the world. And sometimes it does. And sometimes it doesn't more often it doesn't because then like you guys were saying, like people can get annoyed by that. Like, just get to the point here. Like, just explain like what you need from me. It could overcomplicate it. Yeah. I had a conversation with somebody recently where I kind of like the first conversation went totally well. And then we kind of revisited it in a different way. And I said again, like, so, you know, I hope that helps explain more. And they were like, yeah, I like you explained it well the first time. I was like, oh, okay. I don't need to keep doing that, you know? Yeah. Like repeating yourself. Mm -hmm. I do the same thing. Like, I love that. I try to teach people to be assertive when like I'm the most non-assertive human being on the planet. (laughs) It's like so much easier to tell other people like, this is what you need to do. But when it, when I'm in it, it's hard. Like this stuff is really hard to do when you've had certain habits your whole life of relating to people. Yeah. Oh, yes. So let's say that you're practicing the assertiveness, you got your bullet points or you got your, you know, the hot tips you've given, but how do you make it stick? Like, how do you make this your, your new habit going forward where it's just, it's ingrained in you to be this way now? Yeah. So I have a few, like a few takeaways for this one. And I think it's very important that you utilize a support system. So taking it back to the the definition of a toxic relationship, right? If you think this is a toxic relationship that you need to get out of, it's going to be difficult to. Um, So you need people to support you and kind of like understand what you're going through. And maybe you need to tell a best friend that you're making a really big change in your life. You're leaving a relationship that you know that's unhealthy for you. And you might need to like give them a call after you have a conflict with this person, maybe you need to tell like your place of work, like without giving too much personal information, if this person shows up here, they are not allowed in. Right. And maybe you feel comfortable sharing with colleagues what the situation is, maybe not, but you might have to take it to that level sometimes if you feel like the person's going to be really resistant to your boundaries. So you think about who can you tell that you're going to make this change and who can you call when you have trouble keeping these boundaries in your life. Cause you know, it's going to be really hard to keep to this boundary. So you want to call that person and be like, Oh my God, I talked to him today and then have that support. So that's the first one. The second one is go to therapy. You know, I'm a therapist, but I've been to therapy. I love it. Of course I'm going to preach it, but I think that's what can really help you stick because if you um, go to therapy and talk about this with the therapist. They're observing you as an outside perspective and they can call you out on your bullshit and be like, Hmm, that's interesting that you texted him while you're drinking Saturday night at 2 AM. Like, <laughs> why did you do that? Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, they can kind of reflect back to you. Like you're kind of like going back to old habits. Let's focus on what we need to do to move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, the third thing would be give yourself time to undo these patterns you may not be able to wake up tomorrow and cut the person out and you move on and think it's over and done. You need to have grace. You know, sometimes it takes a little bit to untangle yourself from a toxic relationship. You might have to make tiny changes to get out of it. Now, I'm not talking about like a physically abusive relationship that you need to leave. Like that's a whole different topic, but I'm talking about things that are unhealthy, but but you're safe, right? So it could take a little bit of time to get out of. Um, And lastly, like, 
read, educate yourself on these patterns that were modeled to us, um, how we attach to other people. I have some really great book recommendations. Um, one is Family Ties That Bind. Another one is Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents. Um, and a really popular one that you guys might have heard of is Codependent No More. So if you're someone listening and you feel like you struggle with codependency, that's a really good one to check out. Mm, nice. Love it. Um, yeah. Kelsey, do you have any questions? I don't think so. I just loved listening to you. This has been, yeah, you've been an amazing guest. So good. Justine crushed it. <laughs> just Thanks, a solid guys. golf yes. clap. So good. Just the best. Yeah. Get that merch going. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Get that merch going. I'm on it. Um, I got to think about that. <laughs> yes. Um, Justine, where can people find you and your work and all that good stuff? Sure. So thank you so much for having me. Um, Everything can be found on my website, carinocounseling.com, but I'm on Instagram at underscore thoughts from the couch underscore. And you can subscribe to my podcast, Thoughts from the Couch, where I discuss topics like how to deal with a narcissistic parent, how your family influences who you pick as a romantic partner, um, practical steps for managing anxiety. Um, I'm currently full with one-to-one therapy clients, but I'm also happy to share that I'm creating the path to peace, which is a step-by-step online program proven to help the overachieving people-pleasing perfectionist feel less anxious and overwhelmed through evidence-based treatment methods that I work do in my practice. Um, so if you want to be one of the first people notified when the path to peace is available, go to carinocounseling.com and you can snag resources about perfectionism and anxiety that I have on there and you'll get the details when it's live. Awesome. Sounds incredible. Oh, hell yeah. Go Love take that, that course, everybody. I'll yeah. Write that down. Thank, you. <laughs> yeah, <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> thank um, you so much, Justine. Thank you, Justine. Have a good one. All right, man. I... Guys, we need to re-listen to this episode and take notes. <laughs> Seriously, I need all her posters. That was just... <laughs> It's just a good thing to hear from, from a professional. It really is so good. And like, just all of it makes sense. And she really, it's all simple. Yes. It's like, we really complicate, we really complicate. Um, that was a big takeaway for me is not overcomplicating. Not overcomplicating it. It was great. Yeah. Um, Kels, do you have any segments? I do. We have a couple segments and we've got um, an iTunes review. Um, I'll do the iTunes review real quick. This is from Sam913. Um, they say, the show spoke to me. The most recent episodes have hit me hard as they seem to fit what I'm going through in life so well. I appreciate how honest these ladies are in tackling some tough subjects and making me feel less alone. Oh, thank oh, you so thank much. Thank you very much, Sam. That's so nice of you. It really is. And it's so nice to hear that some of the topics we're covering are relating like that they are specifically things that you guys are, are dealing with and that it can hopefully help. So that's, yes. that's what we're going for here. Even though we're called self-helpless, we are trying to help yeah. <laughs> and help you and ourselves. We're doing our best. Doing we'll our best. Experts on like Justine to help you. Yes. <laughs> yes. So um, go leave us an iTunes review. If you haven't yet, click that fifth star at the least help keep us on the charts. And um, I think for our segments this week, Val and I are going to just give some, some TV show recommendations. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I just want to say that the season, uh, season three of succession just started. Well, by the time this comes out, it it will have been going on for a little bit now, but I love that show so much. Are you a succession person? I've never watched succession. I can't even say the fucking word. So no, I haven't seen that show, but Cam watches it. 
I was going to say, I bet Cam loves it. I could see Cam getting into it. It's just so great. It's on HBO. The acting is incredible. It's, Ooh, it's just so fun. So anyway, that's my that's my show recommendation. How about you? Yeah, I have a quick recommendation too. It's I think actually another HBO show. Um, have you seen the other two? No. Oh my gosh, Kelsey. I, I gotta be honest, I haven't laughed this hard at TV in so long. It Whoa. is so fucking funny. What's it's it about? So, it's about um, let's see, qu- quick snapshot. The first season anyway is um Uh, a young kid goes like viral becomes like social media famous and it's about his family dynamics in that but you have like the acting is great the writing is great I mean the characters Molly Shannon plays uh, I I mean it's all just highly recommend if you're just especially this episode we're talking about toxic relationships if you need a good laugh if you (laughs) I was just about to say if I were to describe succession to people, it's just like the most toxic family dynamic you could have. So the fact that we are recommending these two shows during yeah. this episode is just funny how that lined up that way. But I mean, love it. Whew, so good. Holy moly. Yeah. Highly, I um, think you would really enjoy it. It's very fun. Very okay. fun. Okay. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll see you guys hopefully this weekend at the Sacramento Punchline. And um, we hope you have an amazing Thanksgiving. Yes. We love you so much. Thank you for being here and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye guys. Thank you so much for listening to the self-helpless podcast. You can find our Patreon community merch and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. Yeah.